the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I am delighted to have a, a very important thinker, writer on right now, Mary Harrington. She's a Brit. She is an editor at uh, or a... Are you an editor or a columnist at Unheard? I am a columnist at Unheard. U-N-H-E-R-D. It's a terrific site, folks. I just want you to know about that. Mary Harrington has written Feminism Against Progress. So tell us, in a nutshell, your story. You began as a feminist. Is that accurate? I would say I'm still a feminist, but I, I began as a very different kind of feminist. So if you if we roll back, say, let, let's go back, let's go back 25 years to to my teens. And I, I had two brothers and. And a not a, and, and a pretty traditional home life. And in that I didn't I felt as though my mum did not get a very good deal. I felt as though my brothers were treated differently to me. It all felt very unfair. And it led me down the rabbit hole of second wave feminist theory. Um, I read a whole lot of Simone de Beauvoir, as you do as a nerdy teenager, um, and, and got very angry. And I thought, you know, why is it that just because of my sex, I'm being treated differently? And this led me through my studies at university and into my 20s into fully embracing the queer theory belief that we can, we can essentially create our own genders, that we can, we can transcend the limitations we can and should be able to escape all the limitations of our physical bodies, that we should construct a gender that, that, that is, is right for us, and we should be in no way constrained by any of the limits that we're born with. And this, to me, seemed good and right and feminist. And then, some, fast forward on some, some years more, I had a child, and I came to realise that this just simply isn't true. And not only is it not true, but it's a worldview which leaves out mums to a radically to a radical degree. In, in, in other words, this is a fact I'm, I'm, I've been sold on a feminism which has no room for motherhood. And I thought, well, this doesn't work. You know, how is it, how, if, if this is meant to be in my interests, but, this is, but it completely doesn't work for, for mothers, then you know, are mothers not women? Is, or is, is, this a, is this a problem with mums or is this a problem with feminism? And that led, me to, that led me down a whole other rabbit hole of looking at the history of the women's movement and trying to work out if it was possible still to be a feminist, if some of the, some of the basic ideas seemed to, be, seemed to me to be mistaken. And the, the end result of all of, that, all of that research and thinking is the book I've written where I've set out to, to, to offer another suggestion, because I still believe that women's interests are sometimes missed out, that people that, that there are there are ways in this world today where women are, le- are, are sidelined, and the, those ways in which the, 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 those aspects of our life which are unique um, can be can be ignored or downplayed or sometimes um, sidelined. 
and and so we still need to speak up sometimes for women but but we can't do that just by pursuing freedom and we certainly can't do that by pretending that biology never matters and so the, and the the end the end point of all of this journey is the book that you very kindly put up on the screen there feminism against progress and there i'm arguing against progress in the name of feminism because it's now my belief that to be to stand up for women's interests means resisting the idea of progress which has now become mainstream in the world today wow i am always curious when i speak to people who had a sort of road to damascus <laughs> transformation and, and I mean that quite sincerely and admiringly, by the way. It's not easy to jettison one's passionate beliefs. And I know you've retained some. I, I, I respect that. Was that difficult emotionally, psychologically? Well, I think having a child is challenging emotionally and psychologically a lot of the time anyway, because so much of your reality changes in such a, such a transformative way. Um, They've done studies looking at what happens during pregnancy, which show that it literally rewires your brain. You know, there are women who have been who have who are mothers respond differently. And this, these are permanent changes. They, we, we, we respond differently to certain stimuli. We're more emotionally activated by some some stimuli than others. The, the, it, it's like going through the looking glass, becoming a mother anyway, and certain and going and going through that looking glass from the beliefs that I with the beliefs that I already had made it yes uh, very much a, a Damascus moment because what I discovered was that freedom and this idea that we should be we should be able to escape every limit of our bodies that the the idea that this is good just doesn't make sense when you're a mum because the pretty much by definition being a mum means limiting your freedom in the name of love and pretty much by definition it means um being grounded in your body and because what's happening is it's you it's not something you can it, it is it is your body um you're not quite and and also i was talking about what happens when i became a mum and realized that freedom isn't the whole story because when you become a mum you are not free in some very important ways and you don't want to be free because at the end of the day, if, if your baby is crying for milk at three in the morning, you can't just say, well, I don't want to get up and feed my baby. It's as urgently important to look after your baby as it would be to look after your own arms or legs or some other part of your body. Because when, when a baby is born, she, he or she really does feel as though, they're, as though she's still, well, she felt like she was still part of my body for a long time. And this really went on for years, not just not just a few minutes after she was born. And, and so I thought, well, OK, so I believe that feminism is all about freedom. Um, but freedom doesn't really seem to be the whole picture when it comes to being a mum. Why is it? And, and then I started to look into the history of feminism to think, has it always been like this? Why is it that care and dependence and relationships seem to be such a poor relation? And when I looked into the history of it, I realized that actually, when you, when you go down the rabbit hole of the women's movement, all the way back to Mary Wollstonecraft in the 18th century, Actually, care and motherhood and dependency plays a huge role in that conversation. But somehow this has been memory hold. And so this was like a detective mystery. Why is it that this has happened? And I came to realize that what changed was the arrival of a new technology in the mid-20th century, which gave women for the first time a technological way of becoming free, which is to say, firstly, the arrival of legal birth control. And then as a, as a downstream consequence of the availability of birth control and the impact that that had on the sexual culture of legal abortion. 
And at that point, the back and forth, the balance that had been that had existed within the women's movement between those women who wanted to speak for mothers and care and dependency and those women who who wanted to speak for women's equal participation in society. This was this had been a balance up until that point, a very rich and very varied one. And this came this came to an end because freedom won, I think. Wherever you stand on the question of legal abortion, you, you, you must agree that it's, it's a pretty strong statement, about the strongest statement you could make in favour of freedom over dependency, to say my freedom matters so much that, I will, that if, if I have to protect it by killing a life that depends solely on my body, then I have the right to do so. And at that point, the feminism of freedom defeated the feminism of care. And when conservatives in particular speak about feminism, they're speaking only about one side of feminism, which is the feminism of freedom. And this is the, this is the world that we've been living in since. And in Feminism Against Progress, I've set out to show how, yes, there's some, there are a great many freedoms that have come with the feminism of freedom, sure. But these, these freedoms accumulate mostly among wealthier women. And there are also a great many costs that come from the feminism of freedom. And those costs tend to go, tend to settle further down the economic hierarchy. And that a great many of those costs cause an untold suffering. And you can, and that also fundamentally, most importantly, a, a, a truth which led to my attempted cancellation in, in this city that I speak to you from, New York City, um, you can draw a direct line from the victory of the feminism of freedom through this new technology, um, abortion and birth control, and this belief that we can and should flatten all of the differences between us, between men and women in our bodies. You can draw a direct line from th those changes and that ideology to the gender ideology, which is now rampant, particularly in America, but honestly throughout the world, which says... You know, if if women, well, I mean, think about it, Dennis. If you if you say, well, you know, I can use I can use artificial hormones to to neuter myself so I can act like a man, then why would we not extend that freedom to anybody who wants to use artificial hormones to pursue their desires? You know, it's it's really it's not a very big step. It's a it's it's a difference really of degree rather than kind. And so when I and, and in 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 writing this book, I've I've made the case that in fact. Those costs are so many and now so prevalent throughout society, particularly the further you go down the social scale. And those negatives really impact greatly on particularly on, on working poorer and working class women. And therefore, if we want to defend the interests of the majority of women, we must oppose progress. Wow. And, and, and we must speak the truth about those ways that men and women tell are me, different. Tell me we if, must lean uh, into those. Tell me about, I don't understand, if you were speaking... I assume to a conservative group in New York City, how who who was working on canceling you? So here's I'll tell you the story. So Compact Compact Magazine and First Things Magazine very generously arranged to host a launch a book launch party for me in New York City. So that takes place later today, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I say takes place because I have they, they did not succeed in cancelling me, but they booked a venue. It, everything was ready to go. The contract was signed. Everyone was looking forward to it. And when they publicised the event, um, there was there was an there was obviously a backlash. Um, some people got wind of this, and they contacted the venue via social media, and they said, "You, you we're not comfortable with me." And she believes that humans humans can't change sex. She has said some things that we don't like. I, the, I think the triggering my thought crime 
was to speak about the the gender transitioning of children. Wait, forgive um, me. I don't understand. Uh, uh, First Things is 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 a Catholic magazine. They obviously agree First with you. First Things is a Catholic. Yes, absolutely. They, they, these were not the guys who cancelled me. Um, the, the guys who cancelled me were supporters of the venue. Um, oh, who, who oh wrote my to God! The venue and said, and the said, venue. Mary has said some things on uh, Twitter. The venue cancelled me. Oh. Oh, so the venue I, I, withdrew I, I, the booking and said, "We're, we're not having. We're, we are. We, we are not comfortable. We are, we are not willing to host this." As a, they, they, they buckled under social media pressure, well, I, and we right. were forced so, at very I, short notice to find a new venue. All right, I'd like to just bounce off one thing uh, to get your reaction, and I always remind guests it is perfectly fine to disagree with me. So I have generally viewed feminism uh, since I was in graduate school as essentially a left-wing movement using women as uh, the black civil rights movements have become left-wing movements using blacks. Communists were left-wing movements using workers. That the ultimate good of women was not the interest, but the ultimate movement of society leftward. Their embrace of trans ideology is a proof or, or a symptom so that's how I look at, at, at organized feminism. And what do I think of this? That's right. Um, I would, well, um, I have argued in Feminism Against Progress that the, the, to- the grand arc of the women's movement is better understood not as evidence of moral progress or, or, or if you're a conservative, as evidence of decline but more as, a, as women's response to changing technologies and particularly of the ways that the Industrial Revolution and those technologies which have come since have transformed family life. Now, I mean, there are, there are a thousand examples I could give you, but the, the central one is probably the way work left the home with the arrival of industrialization. And more recently, um, the transformation that, as, I've, as I mentioned earlier to you, Dennis, the transformation that birth control and legal abortion introduced into the way into the relations between men and women. So these are these are fund, these are fundamentally not moral changes; they're technological changes, and they've opened up a great deal of freedom. And they've also brought with them a new ways in which the market has, has, has crept into our intimate lives and into family life and into our sexual lives um, and, and, you, and, and opened, up, opened up spaces to make money. So the example I often give of this is the way is the, the, great, the, the great dividend of freedom that came with birth control. So women had a new, newfound opportunities to study or to work that really were not very easily available unless they were extremely self-disciplined before. Um, however, it also opened up the possibility of making a libertarian defense of the porn industry or the sex industry. So all of a sudden, because my body is re- really is now something, it's nobody else's business, what I do or with who, um, because the, the my I wider community no longer you. has quite right. so much skin in the uh, game. I wish we had understand? more time. Uh, I, I want to re- restate the book, Feminism Against Progress, Mary Harrington. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.